once again, happy Sabbath. All right, Morgan smile. We're okay now. Amen. Happy Sabbath to each and every one of you. Nyla, happy Sabbath to you. <laughs> yeah, the Lord said something this morning, early this morning and late last night. He said, last week we talked about the power of his word, how, how to obey his word. And he said this morning, he said, I want my people to do something. He said, listen and live. Listen, listen. wouldn't that be a good idea? Mm -hmm. To listen and live. And he said this, I want you, he said, I want you to understand this. Go to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1. He, he said something that should endear us to him because he is so we are so precious in his sight. He said in verse 1 of Proverbs chapter 4, Hear, ye children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. When you hear those two words, children and father, you should be able to relax. Because when we know we are the children of the Father, then we should say we're protected, we're taken care of, because that's the relationship a father has with his children. He oversees them, he protects them, he makes sure they learn the things they need to learn so they may be successful in, in, in the, uh, the, the things that they try to put in place in their lives. And that's, so when we hear the word children and father, we know we have a close relationship with God, a loving relationship with God. And so he says, he's begging us this morning to listen and live. He said, oftentimes he puts his word in front of us and we don't listen. We, 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 we zone out, we, we, we go through, we, we're doing something else, so we don't really understand. We're letting the devil to distract us. Don't let the devil distract you this morning, amen? When you feel a distraction going on, call on the name of Jesus. When you feel the devil's fan on your face, we all know what that is. You know, when your head's doing this, when you're nodding because you're nodding. You, don't even, you didn't even realize you were asleep. Anybody done that in church? Oh, I'll put it like this. Anybody done that in this church? <laughs> amen, amen. When you feel that coming on, just call on Jesus because God says, I need you to listen and live. And that's how important this is. Listen and live. Now let's go to the book of Acts chapter 7. There was a group of people, a chosen people of God, a, a people who have give, had been given the oracles of God. These people stopped listening. And the result of stop listening was death. And we don't want to fall into that same trap. See, they only, we were talking this morning about getting a piece of Jesus how we choose, pick and choose what part of Christ we want to, to, to deal with. These people have decided that the law, the written law, the ceremonial law was the only thing they wanted to deal with, and so they stopped listening. Now we're in Acts chapter 7, and God sent a servant. And oh, when God sends a servant, like Stephen. Stephen had a hard job. He had to go into a place where people did not want to hear what he had to say. And back then, it wasn't just like here. These people would pick up stones and throw at you. Y'all didn't bring any rocks this morning, did you? Well, Stephen had a job to do. And he said, 
the Lord said, I need to talk to you about this. They were unaware of what time it was. Remember Christ said, you didn't know the time of your visitation. The Jewish nation had, had forgotten prophecy. They had forgotten that it was time now that they would had to make a decision where they would still be the exclusive messengers of God or was this assignment be passed on as so others may participate in it. They had forgotten that. And so Stephen was, was, was there to give them one more shot at this thing. But, and he rehearsed all of the history of their nation to them, all the way up to the crucifixion of Christ. He, he was trying to show the nation that Jesus was indeed the Christ. But they had that glazed look on their face, Brother Steve. And so Stephen kind of switched tactics in verse 51. He said, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hard and ears. See, they had gotten past that, that, that place where, now look, y'all, it's going to be okay. Now, let me talk to you. They had passed that point. He called them stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hard and ears. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. Who was speaking in Stephen? It was the voice of Christ through his Holy Spirit was speaking to these people. Please understand that. It wasn't Stephen. Stephen was given a job by his boss. And he was using the words that his boss told him to use. And the spirit of, of, of the Holy Spirit came upon him. And what he said is, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears. Now, those were fighting words. Those were death nail sentence words. When he said that, it was over. He knew he wasn't getting out of there. But the Holy Spirit spoke through him. So when they disrespected Stephen, who did they disrespect? Now Stephen went further. He said, okay, we're here now. <laughs> it's on. Let's just go ahead and finish it. He said, which of the prophets have yet your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which before, a show before, of the coming of the just one of whom ye have now been what? Betrayers. Betrayers and murderers. See, some point, it's on. And there's no turning back. And the Holy Spirit was in Stephen, and this is what Stephen's job was. It said, look, you are the betrayers of the just one. You murdered the one you claimed to be waiting on. Verse 53 said, you all who have received the law by the dispensation of angels and have not kept it. He said, you all, I'm not talking about anybody else, you all, amen? He said, you have had the opportunity to listen and live, but you have decided to close your ears and you stop listening. Therefore, if you won't live, you will die. Now, let's see what happened. Verse 54 says, when they heard these things, they were what? Cut to the heart. And at that point, they had a decision to make. They could have repented, confessed and repented, but this is what they did. They were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. You ever been that angry before? Been so angry, especially when you were a little kid. You know, we used to have little kids on the playground would bite. They would bite. And you knew they would bite. They'd get mad. Ah! And you didn't want to play with them. You know, yeah, they, you know, they were a little off. But they had, that spirit of anger had taken over them so much that they just, ah! 
that, was, that demon had taken them so strongly that these were grown people biting on folks. They had gotten so mad they wanted to, to, to devour him. Because what? That spirit of Satan that was in them. Because they had read, been read the riot act. They had been shown what the deal was. And when you refuse the correction of God, this mercy that God was giving them from Stephen, and they refused it, you totally would be given over to who? The devil. And you start gnashing on people's teeth. You'll start doing things like that. You ever, done, you ever seen this happen? Somebody tries to teach you the good in the right way, and you, you refuse to do it, so you get so angry you try to destroy the person speaking. Well, this is what happened here. Oh, but look at 55. But he, that Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And don't you think that made them a little more upset? I see the one you just killed. And his face started to glow because he was one with God. He was there on a mission and the Holy Spirit was with him. And it didn't matter. He was about to lay down his mortal coil. He didn't care. His life, yeah, man, my job here is over. Lay me down and I'll get up again. He had that faith and that confidence in his Savior. He said, I saw G I see Jesus now. The one y'all just killed and hung on a tree, he's up there in heaven right now. He's waiting on me. He said, one day I'll wake up and I'll get to meet him. Verse 56. And said, this is Stephen, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Man, they had a stroke. Verse 57 said, Then they cried out with a loud voice and did what? Stopped their ears. We're going to look at that today. And ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witness laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. God is so merciful. The devil tried to snuff out Stephen. He tried to snuff out the, the, the word that to these people that Christ was indeed the Messiah. He thought he did it when he snuffed out Stephen. But guess who was standing there? Saul. Saul had been converted yet, but God already knew my plan is with him. You see how God works. You can kill the messenger, but you can't kill the message. Now what made them stop their ears was simple. They didn't want to hear the truth. They didn't want to hear the truth because the truth makes you adjust yourself to do something else. They were satisfied with their holiness. They were satisfied with their life. Their life. They were satisfied in the way they did things. And they didn't want to hear the truth. And anything that comes what you want to do, it makes you a little uncomfortable. God was trying to make the Jews uncomfortable just to see if somebody would hear it. And old Saul of Tarsus eventually heard it. They did not want to hear. What about us? See, we get to a point, we won't come to church. We will stop coming to a church because we don't want to hear anymore. Just no call, no show. If it was a job, you'd be fired. <laughs> because they don't want to hear the things that go against what they want to do. 
Now, I'm not saying that's always the case everywhere, but it, I've seen it in my life when people are talking from the Word of God and, and just reading what God says, and people get upset about it. They just stop coming. I heard people say, I didn't want to come to church today because I didn't want to hear it because I know I was wrong. If you know you're wrong, don't you think you need to come somewhere where they're teaching right? Ooh, I just, I know I was going to hear something that was just, well, you know, I was going to have to change. Well, obviously you were doing something dumb. You recognize you were evil. Why don't you want to not be evil anymore? That makes sense? Now, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about what we heard over the years. Let's go to Isaiah 30. They didn't want to hear anymore. And that's a problem. When we get to a point where we don't want to hear, we start losing hope. We start cutting our connection off that, that might save us from where we might be. See, if we hear the voice of God, if we read from the Word of God, and God teaches us uh, that, you know, okay now, remember this law is the standard that I'm going to judge this thing by. I'm trying to help you get to that. Why are you running away from it? First verse of Isaiah chapter 30. He says, listen and live. Verse 1 says, woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but what? Where they getting the counsel from there? The devil, Satan, the other side. And that covereth with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. See, they don't want to be covered by God. They're going to try to cover it up. And when you start covering up your sin, when you start covering up your error, you're going to add sin to sin. And you think you're in a bad way now. Ooh. When you, you already sin, now you're adding sin to sin to sin to sin because you're trying to run away from correction. Nobody likes the belt, do they? At least I didn't. I didn't like the belt because my father figured out how to use it. And every time my father had to get me, do you know I deserved it? <laughs> he didn't just make trump up charges on me. He didn't have to. I was full of charges. <laughs> and he would come back from being out on the road and, and line us up. Harold was there sometime because he, he was full of charges too. <laughs> oh, my, my cousin and I, we got in some interesting things. We just do stuff. We just know he told us don't do it, and we go right out and do it anyway. But it, it, was, it was time to pay the piper. He'd line us up. And he'd get the report. What did y'all do? And, you know, then you you get the sniffles first. And then, you get that second. And the first couple of times we moved to Memphis, you actually moved your hand. The first couple of times. Because, you know, he said, I ain't chasing you nowhere, you know. And Dad was a kind of a big guy. He was kind of strong. He didn't want to kill us. Uh, and so... You held your hand out. I'd rather you beat me in the, in the nether region than my hand, because that hurt, you know. So, you know, what you do, you put your hand out, put your hand out. 
You know, you hit, you know, okay, I'm the only one who did that. You, know, you pull your hand back. Don't pull your hand back. Okay, so now, not only are you going to get one or get five, whatever the punishment was, you're going to get an extra five for moving your hand. So none of us liked that. I didn't like that punishment. But you know what it did? It kept me from getting in a position where I needed to be punished. And if he hadn't done it, I can't imagine where I'd be today. I can't imagine. I had people I grew up with, didn't get that. Been in rehab four times. Third wife, third husband. Decided they didn't need no other person no more. <laughs> they just, I mean, they just gone off because they didn't get what God was trying to give them, a corrective spirit. So they grew up to be disobedient adults. And then they had to work for somebody. <laughs> and then they, they own jobs every six months because they get fired because they want to do what they want to do. And you had to call them into the office. Remember, you, you, you see, uh, Shemel, you know that. They, you had to call them into the office. Now look, for the 15th time, would you please get to work on time? Would you please hand the report in this time? Why? Because no one ever made, corrected them when they were small, so they just thought life was like that. Steve's going through that right now. But... Don't you want the correction from God? Verse 2 says that the walk, that walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked in my mouth, to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Isn't that insulting that God delivered you and you're going to go back to Egypt for help? When God has given you the good and the right way in his word and you decide I'm going to pick up a cosmopolitan magazine and, and learn how to raise my children. That's an insult to God. But that's what he said. He said they call them a rebellious people. He said they go down to Egypt. And Egypt, we know, spiritually means anything that's anti-God. Anybody married and, and, and instead of going to the, to, the, to the Lord, they go somewhere else for counsel. It never fails. People ask other people who can't stay married what to do. You know, y'all were out there. Y'all not out there anymore. But when y'all were out there, you know, uh, uh, somebody always had to tell you about your relationship. They ain't never been in one. Can't keep a woman, can't keep a man, but they sure got some counsel for you. <laughs> and why do we go and why, why do we go to those people? Instead of going to the Lord. Now going to the, you know, Stephen was a servant of God. There's some people, they got, if you're in an environment where there's nobody uh, knowing anything that God says, what is your first job? Change environments. Don't say, well, that person is less crazy than the rest of them. I guess I ask him. No. Move into a place where you can hear thus saith the Lord. Amen? Let's go down to verse 8. Now go. Write it before them in a table. God says, look and listen. Listen and live. Now go, write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. That this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear what? See, just like we read in Acts, they stop their ears. Verse 10 says, which say to the seers, see not. Now this is when it really gets bad. 
See, not only do you stop your ears, but you still recognize that this is God's voice. But we'll get down here and you say, which say to the seers, see not. You know, those who are supposed to be pointing out error. Hey, don't do that again. And to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, but what? Speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceit. See, they know it's wrong. See, that's where you go when you stop your ears. Next stop, hell. <laughs> Next stop is this. When you say, I know what I'm listening to is wrong, I know what you're telling me and counseling me is wrong, but it agrees and resonates with my evil spirit, so just tell me what I want to hear. Verse 11 says, get you out of the way. The people are talking to the ministers. Get out of, get out of the way. Whose way? God's way. He said, get out of the way. I don't, we don't want to hear that way. He said, turn aside out of the path. And this is so fascinating. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. When we stop our ears, here's the next stop. Please don't say Jesus no more. Please don't give us the law no more. Please don't tell us how to live no more from the word. Please don't tell us that there is a method to have a, having marriage and children and work and fellowship. Please don't stop telling us this because it bothers us. Because we already stopped our ears and, and, and beat up the servants. This is the next step. We're going to go find us some servants that agree with us. Why do you think them churches are so big? I mean, they got people coming in there. I'm terrible. I'm sleeping with this person, that person, and that person. Hallelujah, praise him. I'm in church. And if they get a preacher, they stand up there and says, you know, God said that ain't right. Man, I don't know what he's telling me. He can't judge me. I'm going to go find me somewhere else. People say, I want to go to a church. They don't tell me what to do. Oh, that, literally, somebody said that. Are we saying that this morning? Why would somebody take that position? Please, stop the Holy One of Israel from being among us. Stay in Jeremiah 44. No, go to Jeremiah, I'm sorry. That was what I said. Go to Jeremiah 44, if you would. See, this isn't new for Israel. But, but what he's, he's asking us to make sure we don't fall into this. And we need to recognize if we are doing this. Because one thing about God's word, it's not going to change. Jeremiah 44. Israel, as they say, they were tripping again. They had decided to, they were going to worship Baal and, and the queen of heaven. And they, because why? Because that's what resonated in their evil spirits. They wanted to do that. It was more comfortable being in a, an environment where everybody was, was worshiping that. They wanted to just go ahead and do that. And they had been doing that. So God sent them a prophet, Jeremiah. And Jeremiah had said, look, man, God's not pleased with this. Y'all got to stop this. You know better than this. You've had the oracles of God. You have heard that God says that's not a good idea. And this is what happened in verse 15 of Jeremiah 44. He said, Then all the men which knew that their wives had burned incense unto other gods, men, 
If your wives out here burning incense, don't act like it's not you. He's coming into your house and he's going to ask you that question. Why is your wife serving somebody else? We know that, right? We have any evidence of that in the Bible? In Genesis, right? So don't say that's, that woman is burning incense to Baal, but she's your wife. So you burning incense to Baal, right? All right, let's keep this. I'll make sure we didn't skip over that point, brothers. A great multitude, even all the people that dwelt in the land of Egypt, in Pethros, they answered Jeremiah's saying. See, they all got together, and they were going to make this, this statement, this press release to Jeremiah. In verse 16, they said, As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we, what? Will not hearken unto thee. What a statement. We know, Jeremiah, you're telling us what God said. We not studied it. We're not going to do what God said. Who is that spirit but Satan himself? But now we got that statement. Let's go to verse 17. But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our what? <laughs> Sound familiar? Lord, I know you said do it this way, but I say do it this way. And so he went, he went on and described the things they were doing, to burn incense unto the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her as we have done, we and our fathers and our kings and our princes in the city of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, for then we had plenty of victuals and were well and saw no evil. See, they had been so deceived, they thought that burning incense to Baal paid the bills. They didn't know they were under the mercy of God. God was trying to give them a little more mercy so they would turn and stop doing this foolishness. But they had gotten to the point, we were talking about this morning, when God seems to have let you get away with something so long, you think it's okay because he didn't punish you. Well, punishment was about to come now. The two important points were we stopped our ears. We don't want to hear what God has to say. And we're going to do what comes out of our own God is pleading with us today. He said, please don't make that mistake. Because if you were honest with yourself and you look back at your life, every time we make that statement, every time we take that position, our life falls apart. And there's a merciful God there to pick us up. Go back to Proverbs. He's pleading with us today. I, I, I can't emphasize enough, listen and live. You got to listen. Don't zone out. If he's breathing on you right now, don't zone out. Don't let him put in your mind that I don't have to do this. I just, I just need to get through this next 20 minutes. Resist the devil and he'll flee, I promise. Some of our brothers and sisters couldn't resist and they're not here today. Some are on missionary trips, praise God. Some are in hospital rooms. Some are helping the poor. Some people are doing those things. Isn't that what, what the Sabbath is about? But some of them are at home mad at you. I'm used to them being mad at me. That, that's how it is. But they want to know, well, nobody came back. 
I'm going to sit here and tell somebody to pay attention to me. Really? That's how that works. But that's that spirit of me. I'm going to serve God, a God, mainly me, the way I want to serve. Chapter 4 of Proverbs. He pleads with us this morning. Starting at verse 20 of chapter 4 of Proverbs, he says, My son, attend to my words. What's attend mean? Listen. You ever heard of attention? When the sergeant says attention, what do you do? You come to attention, right? Whatever you're doing, stop and pay attention. Incline thine ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with what? All diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That's why you can't fake this. If the love of God is not in your heart, I don't care how many Jesuses you say, how many potlucks you go to, how many sweaters you give away at the Goodwill. If Jesus is not in your heart, it, you're going to be found out. That's why he said, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. He's pleading with us this morning to keep his word ever before us. And when he, you hear the word, attend to it. Operate on it. Move by it. Amen? Amen? Don't stop your ears. Do you think that God says things? I'll give you an example. Do you think God says anything to me that I don't want to hear? You know what the first one was? You got to be a pastor. <laughs> oh, man. Can't I cut yard? <laughs> I'll cut yard at the church, Lord. I promise I will. I'll clean the bathrooms. I'll paint the walls. I, I, I'll, I'll put the molding up. What you, Lord, anything but that. He said, you're going to do that and everything else, too. You think I wanted to hear that? Do you really believe that that was on the, on the plan? But I thank God that he gave me a spirit called obedience. I wasn't obedient. His spirit was in me. And here we are. Anybody else have that spirit? Obedience is so critical. You just have to say, yes, Lord, I can't stand this command. But give me, change my heart so I'll love it. He said, okay, I'll change your heart so you'll love my command, but you better do what I ask you to do. We can't sit here and stop our ears any longer. You know how we do that? You know, we don't bite on each other physically, do we? But there's something in the Bible called backbiting. Envy, strife. Lord well, says, you get rid of the talebearer, the strife will cease. We started this about five weeks ago. Remember, he said he's going to clean up. And we looked at witchcraft in our homes. We looked at witchcraft in our lives. We looked at what might be going on behind the scenes, and he's cleaning us up. He said, I'm trying to let you listen and live because I'm about to come through here with a broom. And anybody that's not tied to me is going to be gone because I have a work to do with this people. If it ends up being 10 of us, praise the Lord. 
How many disciples were there? And one of them was a devil. <coughs> He's about to sweep. He wants to sweep your homes too. Please let him do that. Amen. Let him come in and, and, and fix the issues of your heart. Because this is not a game anymore. You thought Paris was something last night. You could have been in that club last night, couldn't you? Where else were they? They were shooting up some other places. People, they were just wiping people off the face of the earth. Do you think those people really knew what was about to happen to them when they went to that place? So we need to listen and live. Because God will speak to you. Don't rebel. The more we rebel, the more rebellion becomes our nature. That's what we say with these children. Don't let the children rebel. Because they'll never know Jesus. If your children won't obey you, they're not going to obey God. That's why you're there. You're the many gods. You're the ones that, that, that teach them how to obey something they can't see. James chapter 1. He says, I'm pleading with us. He's pleading with us this morning. He said, this is how you do it. Stop rebelling. Open up your ears. Stop looking for a way out. Stop looking for a shortcut. Stop looking to see how close you can come to, 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 uh, to me and still keep your own personality, your own method of doing things. Let it go. Has it, has it served you well? If you don't walk in here with, with a nine-digit bank account, it has not saved you well, served you well. If you're going to sell out to the devil, please get paid. I mean, come on. And I'm not talking about $5. If you're going to sell your soul, say my price is $100 million every week. And it's still not worth it. We sell our soul for $5.20 and a Happy Meal. Because you're not saying, Satan, I love you. You're saying, I love myself more than I love God. Satan says, cool. I don't care how you term it, as long as you don't love him. James 1. Let's go to verse 21 of James chapter 1. Verse 21 will begin. It says, Wherefore lay apart all what? Filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with what? Meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Meekness is your key. You must submit to the voice of God. But be ye doers of the word. See, when you unstop your ears, there's something else to do. See, first we stopped our ears, blah, 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 we didn't want to hear. But now you can hear. So what does he say now? Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves, because if you are a hearer and not a doer and think you're making it to the kingdom, you have deceived yourself. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Doer. See, unstop your ears. You know, it would be better, Sister Jerry, if people who weren't listening had their hands in their ears so we could recognize them. Mm -hmm. 
Unstop your ears. Hear the word. Do the word. Amen? Amen? Amen. But you're going to say, well, I thought I just had to believe and I just need the, the spirit. You've heard that before. Come on, go to Ephesians. You do need the Holy Spirit. Who do you think going to do it in you? But oh, let's see what word is to the spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. See, this book is important and open it up from time to time. Oh, everything is here. He said, because people come to you, we just need the Holy Spirit. We don't need the word. We don't need the law. We don't need anything like that. Well, let me tell you what the Holy Spirit uses. Ephesians 6, 17. And take the helmet of salvation and what? Okay, now look. And the sword is, he said, put the helmet of sal salvation on. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Spirit uses the Word. So don't stop, stop your ears from the Word. The Spirit can't move you when you got your ears stopped up. When you refuse to hear what the word says, the spirit comes and says, oh, you listen to the word, hear what it means, this is how you do it. <laughs> but without the word, what's the, what, where's the material the spirit uses? What can, it, what can it do? He said the word, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Hebrews. Just in case we, did, we, didn't, we didn't get that point. You need the Spirit of God to give life to the Word. But if you don't want to hear the Word, what is the Spirit going to do? You agree to the Holy Spirit. Then you're going to end up in Acts, and it's going to say, you uncircumcised and hard and ears, you always resist the Holy Ghost. Open your ears. Open your heart. Receive with meekness entertain the fact you might not know what you think you know. Doesn't matter what age group, does it? See, it's easy to point at the, the young people and say, y'all need to listen. Well, you do too. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. He said, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and of the joints of the marrow, and is a what? Discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Oh, that's why you don't want the word. That's why you don't want this word of God, because it gets there and it starts pointing out you might not be what you're proclaiming to be. Bunch of fakers. And you know what happens to fakers? Fakeness catches up with you. That old stupid saying, fake it till you make it. You will never make it faking it. So just put that in the garbage with the rest of them stupid sayings you heard growing up. You can't fake this. The word comes in and says, I'm, I'm moving furniture. I'm straightening things up. This needs to go. Take this seat, take that chair, put it out on a curb. Okay, we're going to move this one. This is what the word of God does. But I like my couch. 
Well, you and your couch gonna burn. You see, I mean, you understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about literal couches, so don't trip, okay? He moves the things out that need to be moved out if we'll let him. But the hard part of this is we have to humble ourselves first. Because we have to say, well, Lord, you know better than we. And those sacred cows in our lives, the things we've been holding on because we thought Jesus said it, or we've been taught that, be willing to let those go. They just might be the little adjustment. You know, they, the, the leg might not be all the way off. It just might need another screw in it. But let him do it. But if you stop your ears and won't listen to a thus saith the Lord, you won't listen to the counsel of those who've been, who've been, who've been given the, 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 the assignment as Stephen was given, then you're going to be in trouble. Let the word and the spirit do its job. Open up your heart to it today. Please, don't ever refuse to hear thus saith the Lord anymore. I don't care how much discomfort it might bring you. You might not be able to respond to it immediately, but don't refuse to hear it. Because you don't know why he's telling you that right now. It could be something that's going to pop up in four weeks that you needed to hear what you needed to hear today. But if you're not here, you're not listening, you're going to fall into the hole he tried to keep you from falling into. Amen. Hebrews 3. No, Hebrews 5. Hebrews 5. He's telling us as a body today. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. I want to see if we can take this. Verse 12 of 5 of Hebrews. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers... You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Oh, that's a hard thing, ain't it? Because we don't, we don't need milk anymore, do we? I know the word, but I'm not listening to it. I don't care what you know, if you're not practicing, you don't. What's the point? Come back and get some milk. He said, you should be teachers by now, but you've been stopping your ears. And please do this, or don't do this. If you've been stop, stopping your ears, don't go out and teach. No. Don't put the air on that you know something. Don't do that. Because it's just going to be a big waste of your time when you are found out. You're going to get embarrassed. I can't, I can't leave the house. I'm embarrassed. And, and believe me, everybody who know, know. Because the people who know are in touch with the Lord and says, that's a faker. <laughs> Try to help that faker be real. You know, that's part of the job we have. We, walk, we talk to people who really think they know what they're talking about. And they really, well, I, I represent, I, you know, they got, they got everything right. Rusty, they, they look right. They use the right these and thous. They eat fairly well. And, you know, they, they, but you see the spirit. And the Lord's assignment is get that faker to be real. And then sometimes you have to tell the faker, you faking. 
And you know how endearing that kind of conversation is. Because Stephen had that conversation. What happened to him? He got stoned. But people, just humble yourself. We all in this thing. We all come short, right? So just because you think you're perfect, you might not be. And it's okay, isn't it? Because we're all working on this soul salvation. We're all trying to build up. We're all trying to move forward. And you know what's easier? When we move together. And you hear the voice of God, and when you hear it, you don't rebel against it. If you don't believe it's God, where do you go? Go look in his word and find out if it is. You're looking at it. Why do you think we use the word? So you won't get mad at me justifiably. God said the first principles. First principles, Matthew. He said you need to be taught again the first principles. Go to Matthew chapter 23. He was talking to the church again. You see, all the time, Jesus had trouble with who? Those who were supposed to know. And so he had to keep talking to them and trying to help the fakers be real. And in the 23rd chapter of Matthew, verse 23, he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. And what did he call them? Fakers. That's what a hypocrite is, isn't it? They do, they, you know, they say but don't do, or they try to put on the facade as if they are doing it. I don't know how, that's a lot of work, isn't it? Why don't you just be real? And I'm not talking about real like stupid people. I mean, just be what you are, face what you are, get help where you are, and watch God pull you where you need to be. He said, hypocrites, for you pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin. And have what? Omitted the weightier matters. Now he said, well, just keep reading. Weightier matters of the law, which is what? Judgment, mercy, faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. He said, yeah, you're doing the tithing thing, you're doing the offering thing, you're feeding the hungry thing, but you have forgotten mercy, faith, and judgment. Do those things, but don't forget faith, mercy, and judgment. The principles, the first principles of God are here. Start over again there. Open up your heart and say, Lord, I need to start over again right here. We're all trying to build these great cathedrals of, it, of wisdom in our minds. We're trying to tell people we know more than they do. We've forgotten the first oracles of God. Mercy. What happens if you have all the knowledge of everything, but you don't have mercy? You don't have faith that God can handle this circumstance, that it does not left up to you to handle it, and you just be obedient to him and watch him work. He said, if you don't have faith, you can't work for me. If you don't have mercy, you can't work for me. Remember the judgment, I'm judging you too. Help us, Lord. Let's end in Matthew 5. He said, listen and live. Do not stop, stop your ears. Hear with a humble heart. Be ready to be adjusted. Love the adjustment. 
Stop being hypocrites. Be honest with God first. Might as well, he knows. Doesn't he? Think about God. He's everywhere, isn't he? When you think of something, he's there too. Now, he didn't say you were not going to have crazy thoughts. We all think crazy things. And he said, Lord, I'm sorry. I, 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 <laughs> yep, I wanted to run that man over. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I think we as a people are at least there. Some people aren't. Somebody got ran over night before last at Poplar Highway. Okay? Now, at least we're there. Lord, I'm sorry. I really, really used that language I shouldn't have used when that person did this to me. Right? So, praise God, you are there. Because there was a time where you used that language and you didn't think anything was wrong with that. You got quite proficient in it. <laughs> you know where to put the thems and the thems and use a mm, and you knew where everything was. But the mercy of God has said, even in your foolishness, I loved you. And I'm trying to move you out of that. By, and let me in. Let me in your heart. And let me show you what the promise of God is. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 3. There's a progression here that we might need to visit individually. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. First thing you have to do is say, Lord, I need your help. I am worthless. I am weak. I'm faltering. I've heard your voice before. I've tried your voice before. It was very successful. But Lord, here I am again on my knees saying, Lord, I'm poor in spirit. Help me. And God says, yours is the kingdom of heaven. Do you see where the kingdom of heaven starts? It doesn't start over in Haiti, give passing out biscuits to people. It starts right here. Your desire and your understanding to know that you need a savior. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. When you realize who you really are, there's some very trying nights. There's some tearful nights that you say, Lord, I, I, I don't know how I'm gonna make it. <coughs> Then you're going to start knowing Jesus and you're going to start crying and saying, Lord, I'm sorry. I did that to you. And if he gives you the promise, you'll be comforted. Verse 5 says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. After you, you got up from that all-night cry session, you got no strength left to be arrogant any longer. You have seen exactly what you are. And now, you got an opportunity to what? Humble yourself in the sight of God. He said, blessed are the meek. He said, if you just hang with me in that attitude, you'll inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. See, see once you've mourned and, and once you have started walking, you want more and more. And you hunger and thirst. He used those two terms because he knew you liked to eat. Hunger and thirst after who? Righteousness. He said, 
you're trying to learn how to do right. And what was the promise to them? They shall be filled. You see, God tells you this, and he gives you his promise. He said, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, when you get through crying that night, and you have humbled yourself, though I can pour myself in you, when you have unstopped your ears and decided that my word is better than your word, and, and, and you, 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 you apologize to me, and you, and you said, Lord, I confess my sin, and Lord, forgive me, deliver me from this. When you do that, and you walk out, and you start looking for, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do I walk righteously? He said, don't worry, I'm going to give you all that you can take. Then he says, blessed are the merciful. So you got a job now. After he gives you righteousness, the right doing in your soul, that you are, you're walking in a good and a right way, you're going to run into some people who don't. But he said, remember mercy. When you're on your knees crying for mercy, remember mercy. So when you run up into people who aren't doing what you want them to do or you think they need to be doing, remember mercy. That's part of ministry, isn't it? Ministry is not just blasting people out of the water and pointing out people's sins. It's about mercy. It's more about mercy than it is about anything else. But he said, blessed are the merciful. So what? They shall obtain mercy. Do you need mercy this morning? Be merciful. And then he says, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You will not be pure in heart until you mourn. You can't be pure in heart until you realize you're poor in spirit. You won't be pure in heart unless you're meek. You won't even know pureness unless you hunger and thirst after righteousness. If you don't show mercy, your heart will turn to stone. But where we are this morning is listen and live. Some of you made it through all the sermon. Some of you didn't. Some of you checked out. Some of you passed out. I bet we turn that code on it. Well, y'all won't pass out. <laughs> Isaiah Crank it. No, no. <laughs> Now, it's on heat now, so you turn that on, we in trouble. <laughs> but listen, let God into your heart. He's given us his word by the power of his Holy Spirit. He's allowed us to be exposed to the oracles of God. He understood that we stopped our ears, and we decided that we wanted to do it our way which is Satan's way. And all through that process, he just looked at us. And just like the, the father of the prodigal son, he just waited for us. He said, just call on me. I'll forgive you. I'll wash it away. Sometimes it takes a minute. Sometimes it's a little painful. Sometimes we have to come to grips with some things that we didn't want to face. Sometimes we have to say, Lord, whatever it takes, save me. David did it. David said, I'm, I'm wrong. Lord, let me fall in your hands. If I fall in the hands of the living God, there's mercy. Whatever sin you have committed, 
God is merciful. Whatever idea you had that blew up in your face because you listened to your own voice, God is still merciful. Whatever avenue we chose to go down that we had that was called Satan Avenue and we knew it was Satan Avenue, he said, I'm right here for you. Call me. He said, I'm always there for you if you just recognize who I am. Be poor in spirit. Open up your ears. Let him in. He'll guide you. There's nothing you have done that he won't forgive. There's no place where you are in your life that he can't straighten it up. But you've got to listen to him. Let us not be uncircumcised in heart and ears, but open our hearts and our minds to our God. Is he good? Amen. Can we believe in him? Yes. But do we trust him? Yes. What happens if he says, give it all up and follow me? Yep. He said that to somebody, didn't he? He actually said that to all them fellows. He said, hey man, I'll make you fishers of men. Drop the mic. <laughs> Think about this. Hey with me. I'm out. Can we do that? Now, it might not be so dramatic, so don't be so nervous. He might just say, give me your mind. Give me your heart. Let me work with you. You might even stay on the same job. <laughs> might. But I know one thing. If he takes you off that job, you would care less. Where we going? We all be smiling like Lynn. Just, hey, where we going, Lord? What do you want to do? This is a spirit we need to have. He's asking you this morning to sell all and follow me. Sell all of it, all your ideas, all the things you think you know. Give it all away and follow me. Can you trust him? Yes. Have you trusted him before? Yes. Has it paid off for you? Yes. We trusted him so much, we backslid. Because you know, when we trust God, God does what he says he's going to do. Mm -hmm. Oh man, and things start going good. Just long enough for us to turn our backs on him. Let's not do that anymore. What do you say? Let's be good children of the Father. And that's why when we start out in Proverbs 4, he said, children, hear the instruction of a father. Listen to the instruction. Listen to the order of God. We can't do God's will, and we don't do it God's way. It's very important to know that, all of us. If God says A, B, C, we can't say C, B, A. Remember what happened to Saul? Saul said, I did what you told me to do. King Saul. I did what you told me to do. No, no you didn't. So when you don't do it in God's will, in God's way, you didn't do it. So what should we do? Seek instruction. 
We learned this morning in Sabbath school what, that, that the law is what we're judged by. The law is contained in two commandments, which has a bunch of subsets, starting with the 10. Those 10 have subsets. God has ordered his church, doesn't he? What happens if we want to go to church and not follow his order? Where does that put us? In the rebellious and stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hard. And that's what he's trying to clean up now. Because he said, I'm coming to Israel with a candle. I'm going to search each heart. Because what we have to do now is going to take a level of dedication we have not experienced before. We can't have any fakers. We all faking. Amen? So we got to stop the fake. Amen? How about we just make it and don't worry about faking it? Let's have a word of prayer. <laughs>